The UndraftedFreeAgent.com Mid-Major Podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh! Welcome to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com college basketball podcast. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Thanks for joining me. I know it's been a minute since I jumped on and did a basketball podcast, and it's not due to laziness or you know lack of interest uh, for those unfamiliar. I also have a radio show on golf here in the Toronto area on a station called Saga 960. The show is called This Week in Golf, and uh, it's also available on podcast form. You can go check it out on Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, wherever it is you get your podcast. So not being lazy, but um, I did go to a thing called Global Jam here in the Toronto area last week, and so I just wanted to jump on and chat a little bit about what I saw and some of the players I saw. So for those unfamiliar, Baylor University, the Baylor Bears, came up to Canada to play their preseason tour. Now, they weren't dressed as Baylor. They were wearing Team USA gear because they played in a tournament against Team Canada, Brazil, France, a couple other teams. I forget who else was involved, but I really just kind of want to focus on the United States and Canada because... Well, they're all loaded with NCAA players, namely Baylor Bear players. So the one guy I wanted to make everyone aware of, you all need to know about Keontae George. Keontae is the incoming freshman for Baylor. Scott Drew's highest signing ever in program history. He was rated as the number three player overall at one point by ESPN. He's out of Louisville, Texas. He's still just 18 years old. He turns 19 uh, in November. He's the same age as my son of 2003. Um, this kid is just lights out. Um, he's one of the best players I've seen at that age. He's an absolute NBA player, and he's going to make a considerable difference for Baylor this year, and it's just a name you all need to get to know right away. So I mentioned at an IMG Academy, a McDonald's All-American, five-star player, and he dropped the game. I was sitting courtside. He dropped 37 points on Team Canada. Now, you think, oh, whatever, Canada. Well, you got to think about who's on Team Canada. Their starting guard, Marcus Carr from the University of Texas. Marcus is like a six-year player. That's a man. It's a guy who's going to get a chance to play in the NBA. I'll touch on a lot more Team Canada as well a little bit later on in this podcast. But also, I mean, he's going up against Emmanuel Miller from TCU, another four-year college player. Quincy Guerriere from Oregon. Quincy's going into his senior year. Guy played a couple years at Syracuse and then at Oregon. Leonard Miller from the G League Ignite. Leonard could have went to Kentucky, you know, a whole bunch of Texas Tech, a whole bunch of big schools wanted his signature. He was going to declare for the NBA draft, ended up signing with the G League Ignite. But um, Ryan Namhart on Creighton, Keyshawn Bartholomew from Oregon, um, just, I mean, dude after dude. So this is the kind of players that Keontae George was going up against, and he absolutely torched them all. This is a guy you have to watch out for. I mean, the the Keontae George bandwagon is loading up right now, and I am certainly driving it. But um, this guy, I mean, is he a one-and-done guy? Probably. Would he be best served to maybe play two years? I don't know. But based on this guy's skill level, uh, you know, we're talking lottery potential as well as some of the guys around him. So 
I had the chance to connect with Keontae in person after he dropped 37 on Team Canada. My hometown Canadians, I know most of the kids on Team Canada, having called a lot of their basketball games, but I was just so blown away, and I had to get a had to get a few minutes with this young man. And so here is my brief conversation with Baylor freshman Keontae George. So Keontae, first time in Canada. Yes, sir. Just talk about just enjoying the city, maybe uh, enjoy your time here. Uh, it's a lot of stuff going on, you know, where we at. Uh, it's a good scenery, um, you know, it's something different. You know, Texas is way different than down here. It's a lot of different people here, so it's really a blessing to be down here. You know, basketball can take you, you know, anywhere you want. Um, so, you know, just enjoying the city, enjoying my time here, you know, enjoying that we get to play the game we love. Now that you're in Toronto, do any of Drake's song lyrics make more sense to you now that you're here? Uh, I mean, just a little bit. Um, I don't listen to them a lot, but, you know, now, you know, kind of listen to some of these songs on the way here. They kind of make a lot of sense seeing the city and just listen to what he said. Now it all come together. So, I mean, a guy like you, a lot of options. Why was Baylor the right place for you? Um, You know, out of my top five, you know, they was all great schools. Uh, you know, it was all great schools that recruited me. Um, but, you know, the person who's close to home, and, you know, Coach Drew, he's just a really good guy. Uh, you know, no matter if, you're having a, if he's having a good day or a bad day, you know, he's going to always have a smile on his face. You know, the staff, you know, it's like a family. You know, on my visit that I went there, um, before I was committed, it felt like I was already uh, committed to the school. It felt like I was already there. So, you know, that's a big, you know, factor, you know, feeling like a family there. And then just the style of play, of course, you know, that year they won it. Um, you know, they let their guards rock out. Um, so, you know, I wanted to go to a place, you know, where I'm able, you know, to get better each and every day on the defensive side and also, you know, play my game I've been playing my whole life. So any part of the FIBA rules you like? Obviously, it's a little bit different. Anything, you know, in this part of the game, you say, maybe we could use that in, in the U.S.? Uh, really, the weirdest the weirdest uh, rule is, you know, the balls on the rim, you can take it off. Uh, that's probably the weirdest one. And also, you know, the lane the lane line's kind of wider. Um, so, you know, that'd be kind of cool to have in the States. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's cool just playing with different rules because it gives you a different perspective, you know, when you play out here and you go back to the States. Because with a bigger lane line, so when we go back to the states and we play, you know, teams in our conference, we're gonna be used to this big lane line. If we're gonna go back, and it's gonna be even easier for us. I mean, keep in mind, this kid's 18 years old. You hear how media savvy he is. Not a lot of kids that young are that sort of well-versed with dealing with the media. He just had this calm, cool demeanor. He had a big smile on his face the whole time I talked to him, chatted with him for a little second off camera as well, and or off mic, whatever you want to call it. And this dude just has the it factor. Um, I, I just can't wait to see what this guy does at the Big 12 and absolutely tear up the rest of college basketball. So remember the name, Keontae George, and where you heard it first. So I also had the chance to connect with Baylor head coach Scott Drew, just a really pleasant guy. And, I, you know, after sitting, speaking with him for a couple of minutes, you start to get an understanding of why he's been able to build this program. He's just one of those guys that's always got a smile on his face. And you heard Keontae even talk about that. He's like the eternal optimist and who's someone who is the eternal pessimist. Um, it was quite refreshing to sit and talk to Scott Drew. Really good guy. Um, either way, here's a, here's a couple minutes of my conversation with Baylor head coach Scott Drew here in Toronto. So Scott, just talk about your time in Canada up here. Are you enjoying the city? Well, first of all, it's a great experience for our team. Uh, a chance to represent the USA, to be in Toronto, a great city, and so much respect for Canadian basketball. They've had so many great players in the NBA and in college games. We've been fortunate and blessed enough to coach a couple of them. Brady Heslip, Devontae Bandu, Kenny Cherry. Um, We've recruited some that we haven't gotten. <laughs> but uh, again, uh, just love how uh, basketball is so appreciated and loved uh, here in Canada. 
any part of the FIBA game intrigue you? Any, anything <laughs> here where you're like, yeah. oh, we could use some of that? I know there's always frustration. Well, but... the scores table has been unbelievable because every question I've asked them, they've gotten the right answer. So, and they've helped out. But uh, obviously, there's a lot of different different things in uh, the advancing of the ball. We don't have the, the shortening of the shot clock when you do, and different things like that. But the, the officials have been gracious and, and talk through things. And again, I think uh, uh, the reason you put on a game like this is so the 23 and under generation have a chance to get ready for the Olympics. And if I'm Canada, the number one thing I would want is competition. And Italy and Brazil and us, and I, I can tell you, I, I knew Canada would be very good, but I was very surprised how good Italy and Brazil was, which was great for all of us because if you're going to play this time of year, you want to go against good competition so you see what you can work on the rest of summer. I watched Keontae George for two minutes the other night. It was my first look at him, and my eyes bugged out of my head. It's talked to me maybe the first time you saw him in a gym somewhere, one of your coaches brought him to you. Well, uh, I need you to keep watching him because uh, when you watch, he's done done pretty well. Uh, but he's he's a very talented uh, uh, player, and uh, what I've liked is his coachability. He cares about winning, and uh, whenever you get to a new level, it's like an NBA rookie. You got a lot to learn, and he's learning our offense. He's learning our defense. He's learning what it takes to win, and making winning plays. And um, I know the guys trust him because they know he cares about the team winning. So often, young guys that are talented, it's about their numbers, their shots, their production. And at the end of the day, the team what what's wins, and that's what makes him special. He's a great teammate. So you brought in Caleb from BYU. I was really impressed with him as well. Of the 40,000 guys in the transfer portal, what was it about him that stood out that said, we got to get him? Yeah, well, uh, we had recruited him out of high school, so we were familiar with him and his family. And uh, Caleb's a, a, a player that uh, uh, plays very hard, has a great motor, and uh, really fits our culture and our system. Uh, selfless, um, competes every day, lives in the gym, wants to get better. And that's kind of what, what we made a, a living on guys that have come into Baylor that were zero star guys like Royce O'Neal was a zero star guy, Torian Prince was a zero star guy, Pierre Jackson a zero star guy, Freddie Gillespie a zero star, all making it to the NBA because they come in and they just work and they just get better and they're coachable. So I actually sat behind the Baylor bench for the entire second half, mostly just watching Coach Drew and his communication. How he deals with his players and his staff was really special. How he communicated with officials and the scores table, you know, you heard Coach Drew talk about that there briefly, but he's just constantly aware of every single second. How many timeouts? How many timeouts? What's that? Now, keep in mind, there's a little bit of different rules with the FIBA rules playing up here in Canada. You know, we play four quarters. We don't do the two 20-minute halves and a bunch of different rules uh, as far as the shot clock. It's a lot different. So he had to adjust significantly. And I think, look, Baylor was the best team in this tournament. I just think they ran out of gas completely and ended up faltering late to uh, Brazil in the final, but completely irrelevant. It is a preseason tour, but just uh, really impressed with what I saw from Scott Drew up close, the culture of his program. I got to meet their Sid. Um, he helped arrange the interview with Coach Drew after just seeing all their coaches. They must have had about 10 coaches on the side with them. It's a huge staff, but all of them, smiles, positivity, uh, no yelling or screaming at, at players. They communicate to them. That's a shocker. You know, I've sat behind benches. I sat behind St. Bonaventure when they were up here, what, I guess two years ago, just before all the lockdown stuff, uh, November 2019. And we had Harvard, Rutgers, uh, Buffalo, the Bonnies, and Washington all were in Toronto. And I sat and watched all of them. And I, I mean, as good as the St. Bonaventure's head coach is, 
he kind of bullies his players. I watched him screaming at them, belittling them, and I wasn't really impressed. Now, did he get results? Yeah, but I just thought maybe that's not the best way to speak to 18, 20-year-old kids. Now, oh, you know, you got to coach them hard, stop being soft. I, I get it. You know, I've seen it. But I also think there's a better way to communicate. Even um, Tommy Amaker, their Harvard head coach, uh, you know, I know he's got three Canadians on the team. I know Luke Sakota very well, who was part of the Team Canada team at Global Jam. Known Luca since he was about 14 or 15 calling his games and have interviewed him a dozen times and talked to him on this show. You can go check out the podcast from last summer. But, um, you know, he his players are afraid of him, Tommy Amaker. He's screaming at them. And I just don't know if that's a comfortable way to play basketball. So I'm starting to understand why Scott Drew is getting these players and starting to build this culture because um, it really is something special. Now, one of the transfers he brought in I wanted to talk about as well, Caleb Lohner from Baylor. I was so blown away with this guy. He's about 6'8", 6'9", but he is built like an absolute dude. I've never seen a dude that big, kind of that jacked. Um, this guy, I mean, he finished off an alley-oop early in the game against Canada where he went up and caught the ball at the top of the, the backboard. Not the back of the rim, the, the backboard. This guy's going up, you know, 13, 14 feet in the air grabbing balls. Um, his physicality is impressive up close, and I think he's going to make a big difference for Baylor moving ahead this season as well. So also mentioned the Canadians. Pretty impressive team. You know, one of the guys you need to be aware about is Leonard Miller, who I mentioned. Leonard signed with the G League Ignite. He was in the NBA draft, went through all the, the combine, all that stuff, and really impressed. Um, and he opted to go get the money and go play in the G League Ignite. Now, when you see how many guys were drafting the first round from that program, I think it speaks volumes as to, hey, this is a legitimate outlet, and it certainly could put you where you want to be, and uh, really looking forward to seeing what Leonard has in store. Now, this is a guy could have went to Kentucky, uh, Arizona, I think were his final two where he was down to before he chose to go play there. But Leonard goes 6'10". He's insanely long. For those of you old guys out there like me that know, he reminds me so much of Darius Miles, the former guy that got drafted by the LA Clippers, I think, what, third overall, sometime 2000, 2001, early 2000s. He's a lefty. He's long. He's not as lanky as Darius. He's a little thicker. But he just has that same kind of vibe, thunderous dunks, freakish athleticism, really. I mean, his length, his wingspan, I think they measured at about seven foot four. He's got long arms, and he's also the younger brother of TCU forward Emmanuel Miller, who was also on the Team Canada team. So that was a special moment. I know Leonard was considering TCU as part of his options to go play with his brother, but uh, alas, went the G League way. And so watch out for him. Uh, he's going to get a chance to play in the NBA over the next year or two. So keep in mind the name Leonard Miller. Actually had the chance to speak with Leonard a few months ago during his high school playoffs playing for Fort Erie International Academy. Here's a segment of that conversation. So, you know, you've been getting all this attention. A lot of universities interested in you. I mean, how is it that, you know, you what do you got to do to stay grounded and kind of keep just focused on hoops? How do you block out all those distractions? Um, it's, it's hard. Like, a lot of, a lot of uh, attention has been on me, so it's really hard. Uh, I try my best to just really lock in on what I do, uh, keep working and working and working. Um, all these stuff are, will fall in later, and uh, it's just a lot. But So it's really hard to really stay grounded, uh, but I, I try my best. I got people around me that are very supportive, so all of that, and, you know, 
it is what it is. So it's, it's, it's just what comes with being a heck of a player. So uh, I just got to stay grounded. So. so last question, thank you for your time. So big win today. You, you know, you're heading into the weekend. What's yeah. your mood like? What's the mood in the dressing room like feeling, you know, can you guys win this? Uh, it's like we, we can't really underrate uh, players like and teams uh, that we're going to play. So we just got to stay focused, uh, really just lock in and not really take anything for granted. Uh, be disciplined, be professional how you approach the game. And then, you know, everything will fall into place. And, we, and we'll hopefully, and we should uh, win in the end. But just got to be professional about it, I feel. So there's Leonard Miller, G League Ignite, get to know the name. So mention his brother, Emmanuel Miller. I know E-Man really well. I did a couple of his games when he was in grade 10, so a sophomore in high school at Bill Carruthers. And then he originally committed to Texas A&M, excuse me, played a season or two there, and then transferred to TCU. And I think E-Man has an absolute chance to play in the NBA. He doesn't necessarily score a lot with TCU because he does all the little things. He's a grinder. You know, he'll play defense. Uh, he'll get the rebounds. So who he reminds me of, um, like very closely is Charles Oakley. You know, Oak is as tough a dude who's ever laced up a pair of sneakers and played in the NBA. And that's exactly who Emmanuel Miller is. He is all man. He's a very sharp young man. I've talked to him going back to his, you know, his high school days. He was always a lot more mature beyond his years. And Eman and I actually called uh, the slam dunk competition at the BioSteel All Canadian Weekend, which is the Canadian version of the McDonald's All American. I saw Emmanuel sitting in the stands because his brother, Leonard Miller, who I just talked about, was competing in it. And I was like, E-Man, come jump in the booth with me. Because at this point, I've been on an hour for about three hours. I called the girls' game and had a boys' game. Uh, and I was like, okay, I, I need someone with me. So Emmanuel came in the booth. We ended up having a blast. And he did a great job uh, actually commentating. That's a guy that you could see certainly in the media when his playing days are done. But he absolutely is going to get a chance to play uh, in the NBA. I doubt, I doubt he'll get drafted. You know what I mean? But, but he's one of those guys that does all all the little things and proved he could score. He was Canada's leading scorer for the most part throughout the Global Jam Tournament. And so expect a big year from Emmanuel Miller on TCU. Now, one of the guys that I have loved over the years, another Scarborough guy, both Leonard, Emmanuel, all Scarborough guys, actually sat next to their brother in the stands um, and sat and had a great conversation with about 20 minutes for him. So I got to know their brother too. It was pretty cool. But um, Marcus Carr. So we saw Marcus who started out his career at Pitt, then transferred over to Minnesota and played under Richard Pitino, was an all-Big Ten player, and has played at Texas over the past couple years under Chris Beard. And this guy, I mean, you know, Marcus has declared for the draft a couple times, and this guy's a scorer. You know, he's averaging 30 points a night some games, and he can fill it up. And I've been wondering, why isn't he getting a chance to play in the NBA? Well, I finally saw him up close. Keep in mind, this is a Scarborough guy. I'm Scarborough born and raised. I rarely slag my Scarborough guys. But what I realized with Marcus when you see him up close is he's a vacuum. The ball gets lost on him. And so, you know, Team USA ended up going on a bit of a run, and then they took Marcus out, and they put in Ryan Nemhart, who plays at Creighton. He was the Big East freshman of the year, and obviously the little brother of Andrew Nemhart, um, who just went in the second. Where did he go? Indiana, uh, I believe. And anyway, he's going to play in the NBA and played the last couple years at Gonzaga after playing at Florida. So Ryan is Andrew's little brother. And again, I've called Ryan's games when he was a sophomore in high school. I've known him for years and kind of saw him down at Montverde and watched his progress. He was really good when he came in. Is he an NBA player? No. Uh, is he as good as his brother? Nowhere near it. But he's a damn good college basketball player. And keep in mind, he's just, you know, just finished his freshman year. So he's going to get a chance to evolve. I think he's too small for the NBA. But when he came in, you know, he's not a vacuum. He moves the ball around. He's a lot like his brother. He's a great distributor, can shoot pretty decent. He's a good ball handler. He's not as good a ball handler as Marcus Carr. 
But uh, he's really good. But the thing that Ryan is, he's a better teammate. He moved the ball around. And then all of a sudden, with him in, Canada ties the game. And so I've just I've realized what the knock on Marcus Carr is when you see it up close is there's a vacuum. The ball gets stuck on him. He demands the ball a little bit too much. And he's going to have to learn to be not selfish. And I'm not saying it's selfish in a, in a negative way, but, you know, it's the same thing in soccer. Guys score, hockey, you know, the guys, they're, they're greedy. And I think a good point guard is often greedy, and that's Marcus. And so he's got to be less of a vacuum if he wants to get a chance to play at the NBA level moving forward. Mentioned Ryan Nemhart at Creighton. Big things for him. He's got a lot of room to grow, and I think like his brother, he should continue to play college basketball. Not one of these guys that's declaring every year after the draft, just sit and play four years of college basketball and see how things go from there because he'll get a chance to play pro. I just don't know about the NBA just yet. Plenty of time still for him. A couple Oregon guys that I was really impressed with. Quincy Guerriere started out at Syracuse, and I know Quincy from Biostill Week, and I don't know him, know him, but I, I did the slam dunk competition with him, and so I've been familiar with his game and obviously and obviously followed his career, excuse me, um, at Syracuse, where he didn't have great success, but now over to Oregon, where he's starting to become the player that he is. Quincy looks like a man. Quincy looks like he's 32 years old. He's still a young guy out of Montreal. Expect really big things for him this year. He looked really good. He wasn't afraid to be physical against a team like Baylor and some of the other teams in this tournament. And so Oregon Duck fans expect uh, expect a good season from Quincy this year. Also had a chance to connect with my guy Keyshawn Bartholomew, who just transferred to Oregon this year from Colorado. And, uh, you know, Keyshawn's another guy I've known since he was 15. He was up at Athlete Institute in Orangeville Prep, where I've been the play-by-play guy now for, what, six years going in. He's one of my favorite players of all time. I called it at 15. I said, I think this guy's going to get a chance to play in the NBA. I think he's going to be a high-level Division One player and and excel at that, and then we'll go from there. But he's got crazy hops. He's such a smart kid. He's such a nice kid as well. Keyshawn and I chatted for about five minutes when I bumped into him. Uh, he did agree. He said he's going to come on the podcast, so I'll get him in the next couple of weeks. I'll line that up. But um, expect things for him. You know, he was really patient. He was a guy that went to Colorado, red-shirted. Which how many you know big time college or big time high school players are going to go sit in redshirt? Just doesn't happen anymore. But he did was very patient. You know, got very little minutes as a freshman, developed as a sophomore, and I think last year he turned into one of the best guards in the Pac-12. Um, he didn't play a ton of minutes throughout the Global Jam tournament. Played in some of the earlier games, but um, which I, I didn't quite understand because. You know, with, with the ball getting stuck on Marcus Carr, I thought, well, put Keyshawn in. You know, this guy plays in the Pac-12. It's not like playing against a team like Baylor is going to be too big for him. So I was a little um, disappointed at some of the rotation by the Team Canada coaches. But alas, watch out for Keyshawn Bartholomew this year at Oregon. Expect big things for him. Also had a chance to check out the Canadian women's team because I know a bunch of those girls. Aaliyah Edwards, who plays at UConn. Uh, Cheyenne Day-Wilson, who's down at Duke. She was the ACC Freshman of the Year. I chatted with Cheyenne after the game. Uh, Tasha Lattimore, who's down at Texas, originally committed to uh, Syracuse with Cheyenne, and then their coach got fired, and they both split, and Cheyenne went to Duke, and Tasha went to Texas. And then I chatted with my buddy Marissa Russell, who plays down at Louisville. Marissa's from Ottawa. She played for a school called Capitol Courts, did a number of her high school games, and interviewed her over the years. I said, hey, for old time's sake, got to connect with you. Let's do a quick little interview. So Marissa played in the Final Four this year with the Louisville women's team. Expect huge things for her moving ahead. So Marissa, we're sitting listening to the anthem for the men's game there. And um, you ever have a moment where that anthem maybe hits you a little harder while you're wearing that Canadian jersey and get emotional? You know, you've done it a bunch of times now. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, I've done it a bunch of times. But um, this one feels so much more special because we're on Canadian soil. At the beginning of camp, Coach Carly Clark asked us, 
who, how many of us have played in Canada, for Canada, in Canada, and nobody raised their hand. Like we've always traveled the world, world, which is awesome. But to be able to play on Canadian soil, where in Canada in front of your family, because everybody's always watched online and try to catch you at 2 a.m. in the morning with the time change. So it just means so much that my parents could come watch and my family could come watch and all of Canada could see us in Canada and see all of what we've done as we've gone through age groups and, and had our students with the senior team as well. Well, it's a better answer than I could have hoped for. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, you know, down in Louisville, uh, how are you enjoying the time there? You know, what, what is what about your game has grown over the past year since being down there? Yeah, for sure. I think <laughs> I've definitely um, shot the ball more. I think my shots have gotten much better and smoother. My defense has gone to the next level as well. Um, I'm excited for this this next season to come to kind of show off my skills that I've been working on this past summer. So, I'm very excited for that. Have you reached that point where it's annoying when you hear people say Louisville and not Louisville yet? Well, the thing is that there's like there's always so many signs when you go when you go back to Kentucky or Louisville, and it's like Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. It's like just one of those names that people have their own pronunciation for. Um, I'm not from there, so I, I say Louisville. I hope I say it right, but um, I hear a lot more people that are from Louisville say Louisville, so hopefully that's right. Uh, but some, I've heard some people butcher the name, and you just kind of you just politely correct them, and you hope that it sticks. <laughs> So goals for the rest of the year. I mean, obviously, good summer. This is a good way to prep. Yeah. Uh, what's the goal with with your your school program? Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely hit another final four. Have a long season. Uh, a very long March. Um, win the national championship. You know what I mean. So get some get in that that win column and work hard with my teammates and get back to that national championship that we worked so hard to get to. So just had a fun little conversation with Marissa Russell from Louisville. As I'm trying to get it right. Well. Uh, so to try to do a better job with that moving ahead. So thanks for tuning in. Just a quick little pod. Wanted to jump on, just connect, give a little review from Global Jam. It was great to be back in the gym, you know, hadn't since March and just connecting with all the hoops people and seeing all the, the young men and women I've known over the past couple of years doing their high school games, going on to achieve their dreams and really cool to see. Of course, check me out on Twitter at Mr. McKee. Check out the undrafted free agent socials, undrafted underscore FA. Hit us up on Instagram. Some of these interviews I did here, you can go check them out on there and go go have a look and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy them and uh, drop a follow and stay tuned. I'm going to keep pumping out podcasts over the next couple of months. You're listening to the undraftedfreeagent.com podcast. I'm Chris McKee. The undraftedfreeagent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh!